find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. What's good, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the award-winning, world-famous Behind the Baller podcast, recorded in 8K high doge finishing sound. This is a Dust Brothers production, which means what? You guessed it. Museum quality podcasting. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, a.k.a. the Korean Liam Neeson, a.k.a. the Korean Philip Seymour Hoffman, a.k.a. the Asian John McCall, also known as Odessu. Hold the fuck up, y'all. Stop the music. Miles, stop the music. Your boy, yes, me, me, okay, is going to be featured in Vogue magazine. Yes, Vogue, that Vogue. Okay, now it's for Vogue Hong Kong, but still, that shit's crazy. It's Vogue legit, and I already shot for it, so you already know I'm going to let you know when that comes out. But yo, BTB Army, what is fucking good? This is episode 206, except unfortunately, I am not in Seattle, all right? So let's get this motherfucking show started. This entire intro, um, all the way up till commercial break, we'll be discussing the versus battle. I have changed the whole fucking format of this fucking show. Miles and Jordan probably have no idea until right now, obviously, what will they edit the show, obviously, you know, but look, fuck you, okay? And nine, talking about the first song, the locks entered with the versus battle with, but let's talk about that song. That shit was weak to me, okay? But hold on, wait. Before, because I know you guys saw my comments and shit, right? And I'll talk about that later because I was I was not just high, but I was drunk as fuck, right? Before you think I'm a fan out and make this one-sided, because most of you should know. If, you, if you're a fan of me, then you know how deep of a dipset stan I've been since fucking diplomatic immunity, Okay. Just know I'm about to keep it a buck and 42 cents, all right? Off top, the diplomats did not take this battle serious, okay? They came in so cool. No, hold on. They came in too cool, all right? They thought they had one before it even started. And that's period. Even in the middle of the show, they thought they still had it. They didn't realize, nah, Okay? And I'm going to break it down to you. One, you can tell that these guys haven't spent a lot of time around each other in more recent times, okay? They haven't been around each other in a long time. And I mean really around each other. You see how the locks was with each other? These motherfuckers kick it. You could tell on a regular basis, okay? You know Cam and Jim had a falling out 
like many for a long time they had a fallen out they didn't speak there was like in fact it was on some enemy shit you know cam was like if you bring up jim jones name you're getting blocked like it was crazy okay and to be like quite frank that shit broke my heart for a while okay now killer is petty as shit and it's one of the reasons why i love him because i feel like we're the same but look at besides him being a smart businessman him being that petty is also a huge flaw on his legacy and certain things, okay? All right, anyways, number three. They didn't hit sound check, all right? And if they did, they didn't really utilize that time to actually get their fucking shit to sound right and everything because I could hear every single goddamn word out of Jada Kiss's mouth clearly and Styles, all right, and Sheik's, okay? Lastly, they rapped over TV tracks. For those of you who don't know what a TV track is, go fucking Google it. I'm not going to explain it here. That's old school shit, okay? Sometimes they even played over the goddamn song. So they're fucking spitting lyrics over the fucking verses that are already recorded. You know how fucking terrible it is? Who the fuck was Dipset's DJ last night? Okay? And look at The Locks DJ wasn't any better, all right? Like, I mean, he, he, I'm sorry. The Locks DJ was better. But he's not at the level of what these dudes was doing, okay? Listen, I came from an era where if you was a DJ of a group, in a real hip-hop group that had bars, like these, all these cats on stage last night did, okay? You had to be raw money. Straight-up vinyl assassin. You had to be a straight killer. If you saw how raw the Fuji's DJ was, or any hip, I mean, you already know Gangstar, all that shit. I'm not talking about like a real fucking tribe, obviously, of course, right? Even Onyx had one of the rawest fucking DJs. You couldn't be signed to fucking Def Jam and had no fucking rawest DJ. Go watch a Lords of the Underground YouTube video, okay? Go watch Here Come the Lords, watch fucking uh, Funky Child or something, okay? Even Two Live Crew had Mr. Mix, Okay, DJ is such a crucial fucking key element into hip hop and into a group. All right, so let's break this down. Okay, let's really break this down. Like for real, down to the molecules, okay? On paper, Dipset wins. 10 times out of 10, they win. You can't fuck with them on tracks. Even if we go to that mixtape era, you can't. But this wasn't a mixtape or an album. Like I said, had it been, Dipset probably wins, you know? But this shit was live and in person, okay? The locks had been raw. Look, they surprised a lot of people, including me. I really thought that they was going to come out, you know, like, shit, man, this is crazy. And you know what? Fools are just realizing this now about Jada and all that. They don't want to fucking hear that bullshit. There's so many motherfuckers didn't know who the fuck they were. His followers gained so big. After his first verses, you know, people start realizing. I'm saying, like, seeing this shit, come on, man, look. Did you guys forget that I grew up in this shit? Who's here since the K-Town Hustler series, right? One of the GOAT hip-hop producers. Yes, one of the greatest hip-hop producers of all time. I put him in the top 10, okay? Alchemist. Still in the game. And that right there takes a whole different level to it, okay? Alan, Alchemist, is a 30-plus year friend of mine, okay? Almost fucking 35-year friend of mine. No, sorry. 32-year friend of mine, okay? We came up together in hip-hop. When he produced We Gonna Make It, okay? 
for Jada Kiss for yo yo. It took Al to another level. Now, Al had respect prior to that, but that's when shit got very serious for him. And again, not that he wasn't fully consumed into hip hop. He was a hundred million percent. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my man DJ Muggs. Shout out to DJ Premier. Anyways, so when Rough Riders Volume Two came out, I was riding through New York City with my boy Stevie. Uh, all the ski team, SKE, you know what I'm saying, RFC. Uh, yo, I was riding through the city in a suburban, my boy Tumor, from uptown to motherfucking straight up downtown, legit for real. 125, 130 blocks all through the city, smoking Pude, blowing Pude out the window, okay? Only a real OG New York City cat won't know what the fuck Pude is, Okay? day, motherfucker, okay? And listening to this, look, even though I'm as West Coast as it gets, I'm LA, I'm a Cali as it gets, okay? But really LA, I show a lot of love to the Bay. I've always loved New York, okay? If you guys understood the breakdancing shit, me going to New York at 12 years of age, I've always had respect for New York. Let's not get it twisted, all right? It is the mecca of hip hop. So that's why last night's battle was that epic to me. Like, do you have any idea how big of a fucking Snoop Dogg fan I was since fucking Deep Cover? Okay. Do you realize I worked at Death Row and at Aftermath and as a fucking fan? I was walking, I felt like I was walking into work, going to heaven every day. Okay. Come on. People are talking, oh, what are you saying? You can't compare the DMX and Snoop battle to this. That shit was way bigger than this. Yeah, because they got bigger followers, because they had bigger legacies. Listen, this was gutter, no glam, no glitz. This was raw doggy dogs, okay? So back to the locks. When these OG mixtapes were flying around circa 1996 to 2000 from the Bad Boy tapes and all that shit, and Mace was running Bad Boy, Cameron was bubbling in the cut, Harlem World, all that shit, but the Warlocks... Yes, I bet you a lot of motherfuckers didn't even know that's what they were called before they became living off experience. I bet a lot of motherfuckers didn't even know what fucking lock stood for. That's what it stands for, okay? The locks were in the lab doing features and just, you know, coming up under, you know what I'm saying? They, they weren't the A team. They weren't even the B team, right? They didn't get their true shine until they left Bad Boy and signed with Double R, signed with D&Y, Rough Riders, right? So now if you're a real hip-hop head and you are around in the late 90s, like, do you know what would happen if the locks broke out if you want it featuring Mason? That was a limited edition vinyl-only press, all right? If you want it featuring Mace, it was over the Steely Dan Black Cow sample. If you don't know what that sample is, you know that song Deja Vu, motherfucking Uptown, baby. Uptown by Lord Tariq and fucking Peter Guns. It's the only thing he's fucking famous for. I don't give a fuck if he's a host of fucking uh, Cheaters Now, whatever, and he's on Love and Hip Hop. Nobody fucking knows who the fuck Peter Guns is except for that one song right there, okay? If they would have broke out, if you want it, when they were already had their fucking foot on Dipset's neck, Shit would have went berserk at MSG, okay? By the way, motherfuckers is smoking weed in the garden. Come on. Anyways, let me continue on why the locks crushed, clobbered, destroyed my squad, okay? Jada Kiss, period. On paper, 
Jada couldn't even see, he couldn't even really see Fabulous. Fabulous had too many hits, but he beat Fab in that versus. Do you want to know why? Because he had a fucking game plan. He studied this shit. He laid out a blueprint, okay? This was not by accident. So he knew what he was getting into with Dipset, okay? That first lock song is a New Yorker song. It is a fucking, that is just, was never anything I cared about. I never fuck with that song. I didn't fuck with it. Fuck you, pun intended, okay? Now, Dipset came out the gate slightly whack. And what I mean is the song choice, I'm not really tripping on, but the lyrics rapping over fucking TV tracks. As soon as Jada said, yo, why y'all lip syncing? It was over. For the real purists, it was over. When Jada said, y'all trying to cause a distraction, y'all can't rap like us. You guys can't rap like us. You know how, how crazy it is for Jim Jones, who actually can rap? For fucking Jewels, who spit like this motherfucker had an era where he was crushing motherfucking microphones? Kill a cam, bro. Are you kidding me? Jada killed them. And then right after he said that, he jumped on the who shot ya beat. Yo. Kiss started busting the mixtape bars and he just owned the crowd after that. There was a line he said. He used a Biggie Smalls line from the Biggie mixtape. Um, when Biggie went, rapped over West Coast beats, DJ Jam played all the West Coast beats and Biggie rapped over it. And when, when that deep cover bit came on, anyways, I heard Jada say this shit. Not a lot of motherfuckers. Too many new dudes. That shit wasn't on YouTube. Not like, it's on YouTube, now I'm saying, but you, you wouldn't know that. You had to really be a Biggie fan and knowing this. And you had to live through that era. Anyways, man. Yo, Kiss started owning the crowd. He had crowd control. He had ownership at that point. And he was never coming back. He went into Thanos mode. Okay? Styles did his thing. Even Sheik Luch at least knew every single lyric of his crewmates. Okay? And then, you know, Sheik threw in the ad-libs. Look, they didn't fuck up one beat, one song, not one sound did they fuck anything up. Dipset sounded sloppy. They sounded drunk. They came in too cocky. They came in like they was me. Okay? This was real hip-hop. Stupid, dumb motherfuckers under the age of 30 who got no clue what flow is. We're saying shit about Cameron's rhymes and flow. You know how fucking lame, you know how fucking dumb you sound? It's a little video that came out when it went viral. It's like a young kid liking it. Even Homicide was kind of like, yo, that shit had me die. That's, man, come on, bro. Sometimes, like, I, I, Homicide's such an amazing hip hop person. Not just hip hop, fuck, he's music. He's a genius, right? And he's part of hip hop history, he's part of music history. For everyone else, don't ever try to play drip set. Okay, their drip, their swag, too unique. It's unfuckwittable, period. It's historical, okay? Jules' rhyme style, crazy. Fool said nursery rhymes, really? Like, do you have any idea how hard it is to rap like Killa and Jewels back to back, flip forward, flip backwards, then forward again? Like, that rhyme style is theirs. And even after you hear, like, oh boy, well, as soon as I heard, oh boy, you could tell Cameron got a bit of his flow. I don't want to say stove. I'm saying he got a, a, you know, a bit of his flow from Jewels. okay? Now, the locks didn't even play their biggest song, like their biggest actual lock song, okay? Which is 
money, power, respect. And they still won, clearly, okay? The thing is, okay, shit got messy and it helped the locks out a lot, okay? And what got messy was people weren't paying attention. They were playing possum with Dipset, okay? And the locks played a lot of features. In fact, most of their songs were features. So if this was only like real songs, not features, it might have been another story, okay? But this was real NYC, real New York City on the biggest stage possible, Madison Square Garden. Like literally, this is the palace of gods for any New Yorker. Again, the mecca of hip hop, it don't matter, okay? Like I said, the locks were playing possum. They low-key real dipset in to play their game, tit for tat, and start playing features, decide whatever. And dipset, the, the, look, I could tell they didn't have no game plan, because they should have played I Really Mean It way before that, you know? They should have had their shit in order. It, it just, they had no, it was, they like let too much freestyle come in and not freestyle rhyming. Because I wish they started, I wish, I wish Jewels just started rhyming over some shit, okay? It was a fucking weird situation for them, man. Dipset thought that they had such a deep catalog of hits. But the thing is, they forgot performance like performances matter, okay? Freaky Zeke had more performance energy than all the entire crew. He was the only one in Dipset that was given that real energy, okay? Now, I thought about it. I was like, you know what, man? They had like fucking 700 people on stage. It would have been really nice to see Hellwell, my guy Shiest Bub, like even J.R. Ryder, a 40 Cal. It'd have been nice to see fucking Purple City, Bird Gang, Skull Gang, all that shit up on there, right? But a lot of time has elapsed. It sucks. It is what it is. And I hate, let me repeat, I fucking hate when cornball, goofy motherfuckers say stupid shit like, yo, Ben Baller, yo, yo, dog, stick to jewelry, man. You don't know what you're talking about. Listen, you stupid, and I say stupid, I mean 31 IQ ant dicks. Hip-hop is how I got into position to be a jeweler, okay? Music was my prequel, all right, and my main trilogy. This is part three of my career now, right? This is Revenge of the Sith. I still got a lot in the tank, so I still got a story to tell. I still got, the legacy's still going, but yeah, anyways, man, look, it was good to see dudes in my age group get their flowers, but it was it was actually embarrassing to see Dipset get beaten like that in their own city. Like, man, that yo, Cameron got booed off stage, bro. In his hometown, on his home court, like Harlem is in Manhattan, you know what I'm saying? Like, they let some 914 area code boys from Yonkers kill him, right? When Jadakiss said, yo, I don't live in Miami, man. I'm still in the hood. Like that shit crushed people's souls. Like I felt that deep in my chest cavity, okay? Again, last night was the best, I'm sorry, two nights ago, my bad, was the best hip hop verses to me. I'm sorry, it was the best verses even though my boys got whooped, okay? So fun fact, I've known Jada Kiss way before I knew anyone from Dipset. 
because my boy Keg used to be in the studio with them heavy writing and shit. And Dipset didn't even fucking come out with the fucking album until like, you know, uh, almost mid-2000s, you know what I'm saying? But like my boy Keg, Tani, right? My boy Keg would be in a fucking studio. I think Keg has a fucking podcast now. I forgot what the fuck. He has a podcast with someone big. Is it? He got a podcast with somebody. But I forgot what to do from fucking silent. Anyways, look, my boy Keg used to be in the studio with him and Swizz. Heavy writing. He was in their entourage. But look, I'm happy for Kiss. Okay? Right? I remember when fucking um, Kiss hit me on the phone. And this is like 99, 2000. And he wanted a fucking, if he wanted a Drake beat and whatever, boom. And um, we was in the studio doing something at record one. But I felt bad because I had I had Kiss on hold. You know, not hold, but he was he was listening the whole time, you know. Like, I mean, he really was, you know, he's a humble dude. So for him to be like, I don't do that Instagram shit, I don't I'm, I'm, this is he we here. Like he came to fucking fight. He came to battle. He won. He got his W. Okay. I remember my boy, Brian Gray at Interscope Records, serviced me with Kiss's first solo album, Kiss the Game. And I said, yo, this album is fucking actually smacking. Okay. He had a song called Cruisin'. And I fucking, I, I love that song, okay? Like, there was a lot of shit, Nasty Girl, whatever, yo. But when Jada Kiss got on Sunshine Anderson's record, heard it all before. And by the way, th- that might be maybe one of my favorite songs of all time. And that's a big thing to say. That Sunshine Anderson record, Mike City production, literally one of my favorite songs ever. When Jada Kiss jumped on that and said Canary Yellow M5 Black Dutch Yellow Piping in 2001, do you know what that meant to me as a car enthusiast? Like nobody knew what piping was on an interior of a car and that shit, that color actually existed. You could actually get yellow piping on an M5. Anyways, guys, look, man, I was drunk as fuck, like, you know, uh, Tuesday night, right? I don't care if the viewers hated, had their opinions, whatever. I just think fools need to do their research first about anything. I may sit and joke about something, boom, and make assumptions, right? And I'm willing to gamble because I'm a gambler. But for me to fucking try to clown Jordan Winter, a.k.a. one half of the Dust Brothers, and try to test his knowledge about Marvel... He would fucking absolutely demolish me. If y'all knew how deep this motherfucker, like, I'm going to have Jordan on the show. He's just too good when it comes to fucking, he's incredible when it comes to his knowledge on, on a bunch of things. Anyways, people need to do the research. Someone like Academics has no knowledge of real hip hop prior to 2010. He doesn't care. Great, whatever. This is clown shit, okay? People cared back in the day because they wanted to sound right. A real journalist will fact check and go through everything to make sure their shit is all the way ironclad, Okay. Someone like academics got no knowledge prior to 2010, right? And really, besides like maybe two albums, three albums tops, nothing from 2010 to 2021 really hit that hard, okay? Man, my dark, twisted, deep fantasy kind of deal. Okay, whatever. Mad City is the only thing I could really put up there on that pedestal, okay? Shit like that. No disrespect to future or young thug, but if they try to go bar for bar, against Kiss or some shit on some real OG instrumentals, they would have got cooked. They would have got boiled like some shin ramen, all right? But that's it, yo. I just love that motherfucking, that, that verses was amazing. Look, guys, we got to pay some bills. 
and run to a commercial real quick, but I love the fact that on a business podcast, on a lifestyle podcast, I can discuss the motherfucking verses and the real boom bap because it's fucking important, okay? And I had discussions with real hip-hop cats, not just Big Daddy Kane, but I'm talking about OGs, my boy MC Search. We had a talk about shit, and, you know, he was fucking responsible for MF Doom's career and all that. But look, we got to jump to a commercial, all right? We got a new sponsor today, Lakey Lake. Yo, hit me one time, sir. We'll be right back, y'all. Yo, BTB Army, check game for one second, okay? You're doing everything right. You started a family, you bought a house, or you're planning to, you're building wealth. Before you know it, you're an adult. But if you want to be a real adult, you need an estate plan. Thanks to Trust and Will, it's simple. At trustandwill.com, setting up an estate plan is simple, convenient, and secure. For as little as $39, you can nominate guardians for your children, determine who gets your stuff, and plan for future medical care, all from the comfort of your home. Hiring a traditional estate attorney can cost thousands, and trust me, I've done it. Okay? Using a one-size-fits-all template is not nearly specialized enough. Trust and will documents are designed by estate planning experts and customized for the state you live in. And with live customer support seven days a week, trustandwill.com's team is available to answer any questions you have while setting up your plan. I trust Trust and Will and you should too. Trust and Will is the most trusted name in online estate planning. The category leader on Trustpilot, and they've helped hundreds of thousands of people protect their families, assets, and legacy. Gain peace of mind at trustandwill.com slash baller and get 10% off plus free shipping of your customized legal documents. Don't wait. Go right now. This is really important. Get 10% off plus free shipping at trustandwill.com slash baller. That's trustandwill.com slash baller. Guys, don't forget I have a meet and greet at Cookies San Bernardino tomorrow. Okay? That's August 6th tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m., Cookie San Bernardino. I am going to make my first public appearance in the Inland Empire, aka the IE, the 909. I got some giveaways. I got picks. I got fucking, yo, how about you got my presence? All right, real talk. We are launching Cat Dick Jonas B for the first time in the IE again. Listen, please wear a mask. Get there early. You don't want to motherfucking miss out on some real gas. Okay. So, yeah, I look very forward to meeting all you motherfuckers and give me some suggestions on where I get some tacos, man. By the way, man, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but right now, currently, as I'm recording this podcast, Thursday morning, okay, August fucking 5th, guys, my ulcerative colitis is the worst it's ever been. It is back to 2000, 
2015, 2016 mode. And I think it's because some of these supplements I took and everything else, and not to mention yesterday I had McDonald's. Like I've been fucking, my, my shit is fucked up. So I need to get back on my real shit. I just can't be, like there's no way I'm gonna be able to drive from Hollywood to fucking San Bernardino without pulling over twice and fucking praying a Starbucks is open to take a shit out. It's another reason why I fucking hate the pandemic. Anyways, you know, I've always talked about how every morning I wake up and, uh, you know, do I have any emails? Do I have any texts? So I usually check to see what's trending in the world, okay? And sometimes I hate when I see what's trending because every so often it involves someone that I know and that shit fucks with me different when it's like a negative story, right? And, you know, a lot of times, most of the time, I don't say anything. You know, I don't like to gossip on the show or anything else. This is more about like, you know, I think everyone knows how serious I take parenthood, how serious I take being a dad, right? And the fact that I've been married for um, almost 10 years, been with my wife for 12, you know, I don't foresee a divorce, don't want to get divorced, you know what I mean? One woman, one mom to my kids, the whole nine, right? Okay, the good doctor, that's Dr. Dre, was trending last night. And so I know it's not the morning time, I'm just letting you know I check every morning, but I check to see why. Oh, man. So Dre's 38-year-old daughter told the media that she's currently homeless and living out of her car, and she's got four kids, and she might not even be able to have her car for much longer and she's working for uh, Postmates and DoorDash. And I've seen a lot of opinions on this, right? I've seen a few go against the obvious, okay? Which I'm here to defend the obvious and go pro with that, right? But what's funny is 100% of the comments are just a speculation, right? Speculating, period. Because they don't know Andre Young. I do. Now, not that to say that people don't. I mean, Dre knows a lot of people. I'm just saying. I'm going for what we don't, the top tweets that I mentioned to him. Motherfuckers don't know Dre, man. Motherfuckers is from random ass areas of, you know, Mississippi and shit, whatever. Look, I do. I know Dre. Guess what? Besides the kids that he had with Nicole, his ex wife, and even Nicole's kid that she had with uh, Sedale Three from the Lakers, besides her, Nicole's kids, I should say, I have never seen any of Dr. Dre's children at the studio. In the seven years or so that I ran with him, okay, on world tour, crib, you name it, at his fucking crib, okay, Calabasas, Winneka crib, Porter Ranch crib, okay, his son passed away 13 years ago on Kobe Bryant's birthday. I'm always weird about that thing, I think August 23rd, because my son, August 24th, and all the stuff, and just Kobe's B-Day, 2008. Me and Kobe weren't even sport. Were we speaking at that point? I don't remember. But I remember his son died. And um, it was weird because my boy DJ Ski had his crib broken into right around that time. And um, Dre's son lived in his building. It was weird. Anyways, when Dre's son died, Dr. Dre's son was trying to sue Dr. Dre for back child support on his mom. I don't know. I don't think... 
that son and his sister, the girl that that uh, the thirty eight year old lady who's claiming that uh, you know she's homeless with her boom. I don't know if they had the same mom. Um, obviously, Dre's the same dad. But now look at some of you guys are listening right now, and you're saying to yourself, "Wait, Ben, I thought that Dre was your boy. Like, what's good? He is. But if I can't call someone out, friend or not, for being shitty, then I'm just not a real homie. Okay." Now, also, there might be another side of the story that we all don't know. But guess what? Even if there is, it doesn't matter. It's completely irrelevant. Completely. Okay? Now, I always say that I'm working now for my kids. to Make sure my kids are right. Like, I'm straight. Okay? Like I say, after each of my kids turn 25, they got to figure out on their own, you know? Maybe even fucking 21. They got to figure it out on their own. Like, to a decent extent, okay? Now, who knows if eight figures of wealth will be around in 21 years from now, right? I hope so. I would think so, right? I've been very smart with my money, and, I'm, and I don't plan on getting stupid, okay? But so much in my life has changed just in the last five to 10 years, even the last 15 years, right? Became a millionaire in 2004. I don't know. But look. I'll be goddamned if me and Kaya fall out, right? And she has grandkids. And that let's say I supported her until she was 18 or whatever it is, okay, and most of her life. And my net worth is $80 million even, okay? It's not. I'm just saying if my net worth is $80 million, let alone Dr. Dre's net worth is $820 million. I don't give a fuck what is going on, okay? If Kaya, you know, she'd have to kill somebody, one of her brothers or something. It just, it, and at that point, I don't know, okay? But the, what I'm saying is she's good no matter what forever. You got $820 million, your daughter is good forever, all right? Me and Dr. Dre shared the same accountant and attorney for a while. Look, it ain't that hard to start a trust, okay? And make sure a certain, like, you know, there's like an allotment, salary, whatever. It could be dispersed however you want. It could be every couple weeks. It could be every couple months. It could be even every year, few years, whatever it is. But, you know, if someone and someone's allegedly saying that they're insinuating that Dre's daughter has gotten millions and she's had a bad spending habits and stuff, blah, blah, whatever. Bullshit, first of all, okay? You could set up the payment plan however you want. And most accountants and accounting firms and, and people, they, they know how to do that shit perfect, okay? Now, I'd be willing to bet a million cash he never gave his daughter big bread. And some of y'all, look, look, it just, no, it doesn't matter. Look, I'm in the circles of the people that still run with him side by side and certain things. A lot of them don't talk. But there's enough talk that I knew. Look, I don't even think he gave her ten thousand a month, all right? Which is still a lot of money. She could live comfortably off ten k a month. No way she got that. Okay, I can tell by the way she's living just because I'd always see it on the outskirts, right? Now I say I never seen her come by here and there, whatever. But there's like, you know, I would be like, oh, that's Dre's daughter over there. Oh shit, okay, boom. You know, she's ten years younger than me. She's Nicolette's age, right? Or oh, she's a little older than Nicolette. Sorry, but you know. Her mom was never with Dre, not like, you know, as long as, you know, they're adults, whatever. So Dre ain't gave a shit, right? 
Dre's daughter said she hasn't got a single dime from her dad in 18 months. And yes, again, she is a grown-ass adult. She is 38 years old. But she has four kids, right? Okay? Understand, my daughter is not going homeless while I got almost a B to my net worth. Okay? Let me put it in perspective. Dre still spends $50,000 a month on his publicist. He has a 50K a month bill with the publicist, all right? A retainer for 50K a month. You don't even see Dre in any trades or press or hear him talk like, you kidding me? And you got to deal with this shit right now? Look, I'd rather pay 50K a month to my daughter to keep this shit out the news so it never happens. This is just bad. Like I said, let's say she's the worst person in the world. You name everything you can think of. Those are his grandkids. That's his daughter. Whether they have a relationship or not, there's no fucking way. That's his DNA. Okay? Like, I just, you no, I can't let that shit rock, man. Yeah, he's got to kick Nicole, his ex. Um, he's got to kick his ex-wife, 300K a month. And it was a big story. I never talked about it. And he's always had... People he's had to pay, man. Dre's always had like these issues here and there, whatever. He's got people don't want to sue him all the time here and there. Look, quiet is kept. I've never talked about this ever before. But I got into it with Dre over some money, all right? Like in 98, around 98, I got into it with Dre over some money, which I never told anybody, right, this story, except my attorney, who was his attorney, Peter Paterno. And Peter Paterno, Peter was like, yo, Dre, um, you got to pay Ben, dog. Like, you need to pay Ben and nip this in the butt because I just, man, this ain't right. Like, you got to get to get Ben straight. And no, Dre had all kinds of other shit. He had all kinds of other, you know, burdens or whatever it may be. Listen, I signed a confidentiality agreement with Dr. Dre in 1996, fall of 96, right? Once my official employment with him was done in 1999, you know, that confidentiality agreement only lasts for seven years. So that shit expired in 2006. But I was around Dre heavy from 95 to 2004. You know, anyways, look, let me just reiterate real quick again. No matter how terrible Dre's daughter was, right, with her money, how bad she was with everything, look, she never even had like upper middle class money, right? I'm being serious with y'all. This is my opinion, by the way. This is my show. If you don't like it, yo, go listen to fucking uh, Joe Budden or whatever the fuck it may be, okay? If Kaya said, fuck my dad, I hate him, okay, cool, great. I'm never letting my daughter go homeless, even if I only had $10,000 to my name or less, okay? Yeah, there would be a lot of tough love, a lot of questions like, yo, you need to get up and I'd be motivation, be like, yo, you need to figure it out. But at 820 M's, bruh, come on, man. Dre, what's good? Again, y'all forget, this is my show. So these are my opinions, all right? I had to spend a little time to break this down because it was trending. And that shit got high. Motherfucker was trending like number 13, 12 in the fucking USA or in the world too, I bet. It's like, nah, man, come on, bruh. Like, you bugging, homie. That's really not a lot, you know? People, oh, don't count my pa- I ain't saying that. What do you got? Seven kids, Dre? You know, with three different wives, whatever, four. I'm not here to judge you or anything. I'm just saying I'm here to judge you about this, though. Like, bro, 
set up a trust. Like, nah, bitch, I don't want to hear shit. You can't talk about this, this, and this. Boom, here it is. That's if they have that terrible relationship. Don't know what's going on in their lives. Again, she's a grown woman. I get it. It's fucked up. Who knows what his will will go out to? I, I just sad. Okay, anyways. Speaking of money and support, them EDD checks have been done. Okay, and it fucked the streets up. Anybody who had a social security number, they was getting the motherfucking checks. And the streets knew about it. They was hitting motherfuckers in jail. Like, yo, what's your SSM? Boom, getting checks. Motherfuckers was out there acting a fool. And it's still fucked up in Beverly Hills, going to Rodale Drive, lines outside here and there. Look, unemployment during COVID made people not want to work. Okay, just made people want to go shop and spend money on Gucci and Louis and fucking go eat at the most nicest. We have Mr. Chow's and shit. Instead of saving it and using on fucking investments or actual necessities. How about pay your motherfucking rent? I don't pay my rent. Fuck all that shit, you know? Stupid. Okay, so now the streets are dry and it's a fucking danger zone. It's like a war zone, right? It is dangerous to walk around Fairfax. It's dangerous to walk down Melrose now. Beverly Hills. Motherfuckers are getting robbed because they're hungry because all that money dried up, right? And a lot of LA, I'm sure in other parts of America, it's fucking backwards as fuck. Fuck. But some people have got so lazy that they really don't want to work. So I don't know if another stimulus is going to help those people out because they spent like, fuck this. You know, we'll get it. We need another, yo, Joe Biden, we need a stimulus check. Look, it needs to go to the for real poor people if it goes out. Like, you know, people are out there, people are like, oh, you're rich. Fuck you. Look, man. I'm going to read something in a second that just makes sense. And I just look, bro, I fight for the middle class. I hope y'all, you know, do your thing. Again, I take care of all my responsibilities. Before anybody wants to sit and judge, I don't just take care of all and each one of my responsibilities. I take care of them well. And then I go the extra yard, okay? But if they do a stimulus, they really need to somehow ensure they help the desperate folks out there. We have a fucking major homeless problem in California. It is the worst I've ever seen. There are encampments all over the place. It is terrible, okay? But the problem is money management is so bad. They teach you about fucking George Washington, all this shit in school. They need to teach you how to manage your money, how to make money. People say, oh, it's not important. It is fucking important. Sorry, Okay. I don't remember shit from geometry. I don't remember shit from trigonometry, right? And I barely remember shit about American history. Don't give a fuck about that, okay? Money management in this world, in America especially, is so bad, okay? So stimulus, all this other stuff, that's great. So Band-aids, that's all it is. In the long run, they're all just literally sand in the hourglass, okay? It's fucking sad, let me read something I saw on the internet yesterday, like I told you I was going to. Okay. Before you consider another lockdown, 150 million people worldwide will go into poverty. 15,000 scientists sign the Barrington Declaration stating lockdowns are the greatest threat to human health. One out of four contemplated suicides is in the U.S., Antidepressant medication is up 600% in the U.S. 40% of U.S. adults reported struggling with mental health in 2020 and up, that was up 5.2% in 2019 from 2019, okay? 
U.S. Army suicides have increased 30% during the pandemic compared to 2019. Yelp says 60% of their restaurants on the app will never reopen. Meanwhile, Jeff Bezos is richer than he has ever been. The wealthy and elite have accomplished crushing the middle class and everyday Americans by implementing policies that grow their wealth. Remember, the same people trying to mandate lockdowns and tell you to close your business never missed a paycheck. Now, I agree with that. Same time, though, motherfuckers need to take this fucking virus serious. Sorry, is what it is. People are fucking upset. Fucking Manhattan is fucking, you know, made this fucking, uh, the vaccine passport in New York City. And they're pretty much like, you can't go eat at a restaurant or go to a gym or go anywhere indoors if you're not vaccinated. Okay. Now, the thing is this. I support proof of vaccination at restaurants, bars, and gyms. To those who are claiming segregation, how is this different than smoking? That's a personal choice of risk. But we keep others protected by enforcing restrictions. Why should we not do the same with protecting folks from Delta? Now, guys, COVID is going fucking crazy. My boy, Tony Guilfoyle. Yes, Kimberly Guilfoyle's brother hit me up and said, yo, Miami is fucked up. COVID is worse than it was last year. It's fucking bad. I have fucking employees that are fucking falling down here and there. It's crazy, okay? On that note, yesterday, I canceled my San Francisco trip. We had a three-day trip for a family-like thing for a Nicholas family. Canceled that shit. And that's next weekend, okay? As soon as we get back, we go straight to New York City for six days. Cancel New York City. And trust me, the last thing I want to do is cancel New York. I was fucking looking super forward to taking my kids and fucking, I had a fucking sick-ass hotel room. I had like all this shit set up for them. Photo shoot in Central Park, all that. Cancel that shit. And then I was supposed to be in Miami from September 3rd to September 6th. Cancel that shit. Now, I know the trend seems as if we will all just, you know, get coronavirus, but look, I don't want to get it, okay? So I'm going to be chilling, you know, remaining safe, and going wherever the better odds are. And uh, that means I'm probably going to start using my RV a lot more again. You know, I'm working, doing my thing. I got pieces. You know, I got to make and shit, whatever. But look, um, no, fuck that. So those shits are canceled. I feel bad, whatever. Uh, the BTB live podcast tour, that's definitely on hold right now. In fact, I don't even think that's, you know, because flu season is going to hit in fucking November. So who fucking knows? I just pray to don't fucking cancel the fucking Seahawks shit because I'll wear an N95, a legit N95, and sit out there, boom, watch the game. Anyways, <sighs> enough of that. Look, guys, my kids start school at the end of this month. I went to get them school supplies, right? Just the basic shit, which their school gave me and Nicolette a list of things that they need to bring on day one, okay? For three kids, Went to Target and got everything right. Could have went to Amazon, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying, this is basic shit. I ain't getting no fucking Gucci fucking pencils or nothing. All basic shit, okay? 700 fucking dollars for three kids. Like, I don't know how the fuck, the school system is just getting worse and worse. So I don't know how the fuck public schools are, but it's just crazy. Inflation is fucking crazy. Like, guys, be smart, you know? 
I know kids are like, you know, sometimes you have an accident, you can't pull out, boom, here and there. Look, man, don't bring no kid into this world if you can't take care of no kid, man. I'm being serious. I hope some of y'all got crypto, got some stocks, got some real estate tucked away, something. All right? I'm just saying, y'all. But look, I'm done. That's it. I'm like, I'm fucking exhausted and it's fucking barely fucking 7.30 in the morning. Okay? That is it for this episode, guys. Look, I love you. You already know that. Enjoy the weekend. All right? For those of you in the 909, all through there, San Bernardino, Chino, Rancho Cucamonga, everything, Corona, I hope I get to see Corona. Holy shit. Um, I don't want to see Corona. Anyways, I hope to see you guys tomorrow in San Bernardino. All right? But that's it for this episode, guys. We out, chat. Yo, Lakey, Miles. Yo, you know what I'm saying, Jordan? You know what, Jordan? Jordan, can you push the button this time? Can you throw on some LL for us? Jordan, take us out of here, Jordy. All right, y'all. Peace.